Welcome to Tenant Talk, a show for small business owners to find inspiration and exchange ideas around growing and operating a small business. They believe that in order to have a values-based mission, they need to be a nonprofit. And that's, that's just sim- simply not true. We explore challenges all businesses face, from hiring your first employee, to leasing your first space, to scaling your business through marketing and sales, and everything in between. How do we create a community? How do we nurture that community so that it becomes more beneficial for everybody who's a part of it? You'll find it here on Tenant Talk. Hi, welcome to Tenant Talk. My name is Bill Singer and I'm a principal at Kenwood Management. Kenwood is a commercial real estate company that owns and manages properties in the Washington DC and Baltimore submarkets. Within our portfolio, we have hundreds of small businesses. We were founded in 1996 and in effect, our small business ourselves. Uh, we currently have 14 employees. Joining me today is Christina May from Illuminate, a Frederick, Maryland based company. Christina, welcome. Well, thank you for having me, Bill. I'm excited to be here today. And I'm really excited about today's topic. I'm gonna dive right in. So today we're gonna talk about having a values-based culture in your company. Bill, I know this is a topic that's really important to you, so why don't you tell me what a values-based culture means to you and means to Kenwood? Yeah, so interesting question. When when Kenwood looked at this topic, um, we started out with something kind of very fundamental. We recognized that first and foremost, we wanted to focus on our customers and what was important to them and what is meaningful to them. And I wanna make a distinction here to the audience and make sure that they understand what I mean by that distinction isn't that I'm just looking to do better than my competitor. It's really entirely customer-based and it's figuring out how do I exceed their expectations. Now, every business owner has to evaluate this a little bit differently. It's going to be based on what's important to you and what is the direction you want to take with your company. But ultimately, when we evaluated this question, we recognized that one, we wanted to have space that our tenants could get the most out of, that they could utilize in the most efficient manner. Second, we wanted to deliver exceptional service to each one of the tenants who leased from us. But internally, we then said, you know, that sounds all well and good, but frankly, it's not enough. How do we go further? How do we go beyond just doing that? And when we asked ourselves that question, and it was a a tough question, frankly, to, to evaluate, we realized, if we can develop programs that actually help our customers' businesses grow, and that could be in many fashions. It could be introducing them to new clients. It could take on a whole different, uh, whole many different issues. But what we realized was once we got to that question, once we got to that point in our thinking, it opened up just a whole variety of different ways that we realized that we could communicate and engage our customers. So um, we also realized that when we got to that point that other landlords weren't thinking about the relationship that they had with their tenants in the same way. So 
um, that was kind of our process in getting to that point. For us, the values-based conversation really comes down to thinking about it. Um, and as you said, it's not just about what you're doing with just for your customers and about the sale. At Illuminate, um, and when we work with other companies to help communicate what their values are, it has to start internal um, and what your internal values and culture really means. And then how do you communicate that? So how does that come from the CEO? How does that go to your internal customers, which are your employees? And then outwardly from that to your community and ultimately the value that you bring, whether you're solving a problem, it doesn't mean in business, I think a lot of people make this mistake, is that they believe that in order to have a values-based mission, they need to be a nonprofit. And that's, that's just sim simply not true. Um, you can have a mission-based, values-based culture without being a nonprofit. So I know though that um, for you, because you have shared the book with me, um, that a lot of this was inspired um, by a book by Bob Berg uh, called The Go-Giver. So can you share a little bit about that book? So The Go-Giver is a terrific book. It was written by Bob Berg and John David Mann. And what they looked at when they wrote this book is how businesses can be way more effective, not only from a business development perspective, but also how do they service their customers better. And they produced five key points. They call them laws. There's the law of value, the law of compensation, the law of influence, the law of authenticity, and the law of receptivity. What each of those mean, I think, is important. So let me describe them a little bit further. So the law of value is, de is determined by how much more you provide in service than you actually take in payment. The law of compensation says that your compensation is determined by how many customers you serve and how well you serve them. The law of influence says that your influence is determined by how abundantly you serve other people's interests first. The law of authenticity says the most important thing that you have to offer is yourself. And the law of receptivity says to be the best giver possible, you, you have to be open to receiving as well. So when Kenwood kind of looked at um, each of these laws and tried to figure out how do we apply them to our business, we, we realized that most landlords, most owners of property uh, and most tenants only think about their relationship as a pure transaction, right? As a landlord, I provide space. As a tenant, you pay rent. But when we thought about how you apply these principles to that relationship, we realized that we could expand that relationship to, to be so much more that we could, aside from just providing space, that we could provide things to our business owners that actually help their business grow. Um, and when we, when we realized we could do that, we said, this is, this is kind of a real change to the whole dynamic between landlords and tenants. But then we said, all right, how do we take this a step further? How do we really implement this? And among the ideas that we came up with was first, we realized that small businesses often need access to certain specialized businesses such as accounting or legal. 
And there are certain topics that might come up based on what's happening in the world at any particular time that these small businesses could really benefit from access to some of those people and some of that information. So that was one way that we um, provided some extra service to our tenants. We then joined a business networking organization that provided some nationally recognized guest speakers who talked on like a variety of different topics that would be beneficial to small businesses, such as business development, motivation, how do you develop loyalty with your customers, and how do you keep your current employees engaged and active. Um, and then the third element that we evaluated, and this one was actually, I think, a bit of a, a, real, a real change and a real opportunity that we could offer our tenants, is we recognized that as landlords, we have a huge network of people that we interact with every day. There are tenants, there are contractors, there are investors. Um, in our case, we realized we have 180 tenants in our portfolio, and many of them could benefit from using each other as customers or service providers. So then all of a sudden we realized, holy cow, we've got this whole community of people that we could provide introductions to. And once we got to that point, we realized, wow, this is, this is something special and meaningful um, to the small businesses who operate in our properties. So Christina, you also deal with a lot of small businesses. Tell me what you've seen. Um, for us, it's um, it, what's interesting is as a marketing company is reframing the conversation around marketing. And as I mentioned previously, you a lot of people think of that in regards to their only their external customers. They don't think a lot about their internal customers, um, but it is a proven um, statistical fact that if your own employees don't buy into the mission and vision of the company and you don't have a culture built around that, um, then it's not going to translate. It's just basically going to be lip service uh, to your customers. They really have to truly believe in what it is that you say that you solve for, that you stand for. And that's really important. So you have external marketing and you have internal marketing. So a lot of times when we work with partners, we are engaging in the conversation about your internal marketing and we'll find misalignments there that really need the same application that you may think about from an external marketing perspective. You need to get that communication message bought in internally as well. So in regards to Illuminate, for us and our value system, um, we were not uh, as lucky to find a book like you were. Um, our internal values and culture has come about more organically. So um, for us, that uh, give an example of one of our core values, uh, which is transparency. So to a lot of people, transparency is kind of a ho-hum word that means, you know, everybody says they're transparent. But to us, we take that incredibly seriously. And what I mean by that is, is it's from every step forward from the hiring process, it's one of our core values, making sure that in the hiring process, we're incorporating that so that the person that we're interviewing understands we're being transparent about the hiring process, what the next steps are, if they're gonna hear from us. 
if someone's not a good fit, even in the interview, even saying, you know, I really appreciate your time, but just saying right then, we just don't feel like this is an alignment and that this is a good fit and being respectful of the other person's time. That level of transparency sounds a little harsh, but that is part of our culture. And that also comes through in our work. So internally, we need to create a safe space where people feel that they can continually improve the work, which means you're continually kind of picking at the work sometimes. And employees and managers need to work together to create a safe space so that people feel empowered to improve and to call out when something needs improvement or could be changed. And the same, that transparency value goes all the way through to our communication with our customers. So when we bring on a new partner, that is part of our onboarding um, deck. And we, you know, say quite harshly, we are here to help you get to the next level. And sometimes that means we're going to say things that you're not going to want to hear. But that's that level of transparency that needs to be put in place. Unfortunately, I think in our somewhat in our culture, social media brings us about a bit, but us particularly when it comes to the marketing profession, there isn't a lot of um, clarity around measurement, around how it's done. It just seems like it's a lot of ads and unrelatable actions that you can't dial back. And so to be able to provide that level of clear-cut transparency of what does and doesn't work is a core value of ours. And for us, the things that mean the most are at all levels. It's internal, starts internally, and then it moves all the way out externally to our customers as a core value. And that's how that works for yeah. us. So you touched upon something that I think is, is really interesting. And I think our audience would like to hear more about kind of culture and the importance of culture, both from the internal perspective and the external perspective. So that's internal meaning, how does it um, influence and directly affect your employees as well as that, that external component. So um, let's, let's explore that a little bit more because um, I, when I talk to a lot of small businesses that are in our portfolio and I talk to them about culture, usually the first thing they bring up is their mission statement. They'll talk about you know, what that mission statement is. And then often I'll ask them, that's well and good, but what's your purpose? Mm -hmm. what, what's kind of behind that? And those two things, mission statement and purpose, are, are very different. And let me give you a couple examples of what I mean by that. So if um, this was asked actually once of the president of Southwest Airlines, and he, and he was asked, tell us what your mission statement is and tell us your purpose. He said, look, our mission statement is pretty simple, right? We fly from A to B, and hopefully we don't crash in between. But when you ask, when you ask what's your purpose, completely different. The, their purpose is how do we make fun out of flying? Um, and, and that was how they answered that question. How Kenwood would answer that question is, you know, our mission statement is um, to provide our investors a good return and to provide um, welcoming space uh, for our tenants. But really our purpose, and, and again, this is so much to me more important, is we think of our purpose as a community. How do we 
create a community? How do we nurture that community so that it becomes more beneficial for everybody who's a part of it? How about it illuminate? How would you answer that question? Oh, um, for us, you know, mission is a lot of times something where you, you see it on the wall and you just, like you said, it's, it's very tactical. It's, it's what you do. You provide returns in space. We provide strategy, which helps, you know, companies grow through marketing communications. We solve aging technology problems, but at the end of the day, that is very interchangeable. Um, and I think that's the difference in what you're, get, you're talking about from the mission and the purpose. Our purpose is actually related to economic opportunity. What we do enables companies to create more economic opportunity for their communities and for their families. And that is something that is just so very powerful and moving for us to see when we've worked on a project with someone, help them overcome a challenge, help them attract more customers, help them to have better internal communications, help them to have better revenue operations, things that are smoother, more technology enabled. They're able to reinvest the money back into their communities. And community means hiring more employees. Community means enhancing the opportunities that are available for their existing employees. Because what we do is so tightly married to revenue. We are creating more revenue opportunities, which gives them more economic opportunity. And for privately held companies, that creates legacies that is economically changing for families and communities. And that's something that goes beyond just marketing sales and you know operations. So for us, that, that purpose means quite a bit. Right. So let's dive in a little bit more to kind of the sales and the business development kind of component of that. And to kind of help our audience think about um, some other ways to approach that dynamic and also weave into that some of the topics that we talked about from the Go-Giver book. Um, so I want to give um, a different perspective uh, on that. And one of the things that I feel is very important for small business, and, 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 and I've actually heard a very good example of this, is that as a business um, development salesperson, don't always think about the sale when you're interfacing with your customer. Oftentimes, when you just ask your customer, what, what do you need? Um, Frequently, the answer to that isn't, I need to buy XYZ item or whatever. It's that they need information or they would, it, or they would love to figure out a way to meet this person because that's a client that they've been trying to get in front of for a long period of time. And as, um, as a business owner, if you can figure out how to get that information or through your network, you can figure out some way to get an introduction for your customer, they're gonna remember that. The important thing I'd add to that though is just because you're able to make that happen for them, don't feel like now they owe you. Um, never approach that relationship from that perspective. Um, just think about giving to them and when you do that, my experience has been, and the people that I've spoken to, 
are that it will come back in other ways. It may not come back in a sale with that specific customer, but I've heard of many situations where that customer has a friend who might be in a, in a business that you could benefit from, that you could have a sale, and they say, oh, you know what, you should go talk to this person. They've got great contacts, they have great ways to come up with information, and they end up referring you new business. So it's very important to just think about in that business development, think about giving, not just trying to make the sale. What's been your experience? I think I think what you just what you're speaking about really talks how truly how strong um, that value of giving in your culture is, um, and it, when it's in sales, etc. So transparency, which is one of our um, core tenets, comes out in the sales processes. It's being very transparent about this is the level of investment, this is what you can expect, and this is how long it's gonna take. A lot of times, you're just selling to say anything to get the sale, and transparency will actually be harmful to getting to that end goal. But if your end goal is to help inform someone so that they can really achieve what it is that they're looking for and give them the information in a way that you're is going to enhance the relationship it might not lead to a sale for us but it might arm them with better information so in in those conversations we always like to leave with some piece of education some pull behind the curtain um, so to speak whether it leads to a sale or not so Bill if you were to give a tip or a takeaway to any of our audience members or someone watching this video and they really don't know where to get started, um, what would you recommend to them? I read a book a while ago um, by an author and a movie and TV producer by the name of Brian Grazer. He wrote a book on curiosity and the importance of curiosity really throughout your life. You know, it's something that maybe we forget about after we're kids, but it's so important. And he talked about in the book how in a particular month he would have a number of business meetings or lunches, but he would go out of his way to have at least one lunch or one meeting with somebody in a completely different industry not related to TV or film production and during that lunch it, he found that it just opened up him to that curiosity side of his personality and he learned about why that individual got involved in that business to begin with what's their background what um, what are some of the pain points that they face or what are some of the introductions that they're looking for to help their business grow so I think that thinking about um, how you can help somebody and when they're outside the industry that you're working in, it can be really beneficial. So I would recommend that. Christina, how about you? No, I think what's interesting about your culture is that you found a great roadmap. So obviously that's a great place to start. But if that isn't, if you already have a culture in place or, or, or some semblance of something coming together, uh, or maybe the, the book isn't quite your flavor, um, then what I would suggest um, from building a culture for resources 
is really listening to your employees and um, customers as well asking those questions a lot of times the mission and purpose comes from the founder from the c-suite from the ceo but the real impact and the motivation behind why someone is at the company why they feel empowered to stay at the company it's worth asking that question and finding out why um, and taking the time so more often i think than not as leaders we do too much speaking and not enough listening so i think um, the best thing from a culture perspective if you're looking for inspiration you have inspiration all around you you just need to listen for it and ask the right questions well bill this has been so much fun to do today i love this topic i love sharing um, these tips with you and with everyone else so let us know what you found was interesting today, where you find inspiration for building a culture within your company, for values within your company. And of course, we would love it if you subscribed um, to Tenant Talk, as well as leave any comments below. We would love to hear from you. And then of course, the conversation always continues at the Kenwood community. Bill? Christina, thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you for joining us. And please join us for our next episode. Thank you.